our liberty. The bishop asked me, what are you preaching on? So I gave him the highlights, and he says, wow, he says, what a way to take advantage of the time. Our liberty, let's not take it for granted. Too many Christians in the United States take it for granted. There are people overseas that wish they had our liberty in their own country. Why do you think they come here to the land of milk and honey? It's not because they can get all the free stuff. It's because we are free and we have liberty. But yet we, we take it for granted and we've been watching our liberty, our liberties that we have in this country being chipped away by piece by piece. Thank God that they didn't take down the peace cross. They went to take down the peace cross the other day, and the Supreme Court said, no, no, you cannot take down the peace cross. So many places where the cross is, they're taking, they're, in cities across the nation, they're taking crosses off of church buildings because it's offensive. We have a town in Minnesota that actually voted not to do the Pledge of Allegiance because it would be offensive possibly to immigrants. There was such a backlash that they reversed themselves. And, and you can't, you can't guess which district it was in. The fifth. Omar. And it's like, oh my word, if you can't, if you don't love our liberties and you don't love the freedom that you've been blessed with when you came here, then go back to where you came from because you must love being oppressed. And that sounds harsh. That's like a Christian who gets saved, but they want to go back to the bondage. Does that make sense? I got saved, Jesus set me free from everything, and I want to go back to the bondage I used to be in. Now, that's, that's Jesus says, you know, some, some people will come to the faith and then they'll be like a dog and go back and eat its own vomit. I'm sorry, but that's what Jesus said. Is he not? There will be people who are, and that doesn't make any sense to me. If I, who Jesus has set free is free indeed. <clears throat> Why would we want to go back into bondage of slavery of sin? I don't know. We've been given liberty. So let's not take it for granted. You know our liberty is founded on Judeo Christian principles. And you know that's the very thing that they want to get rid of in this country? Because if they get rid of our Judeo Christian principles, guess what? We don't no longer have our freedoms. They, they think they're so smart, the, the, some on the left in the news media. Oh, if we can just get those Christians to shut up. That's what they say. You don't hear it broadcast, but that's what they're saying behind the scenes. If we can take away the religious freedom, oh man, this country will be a great country. But they don't realize if you take away our religious freedom, freedom of speech and freedom of the press falls. The reason why the freedom of the press and freedom of speech was put in there is because they started with freedom of religion. 
You know what? You can't, you can't not have freedom of speech if you don't, it, when you have freedom of religion. But why are we Christians afraid to speak up? This is still America. We still have the freedom to express our opinion. You know what our veterans say about people who burn the flag? Well, I'm out here fighting so they can do that. Why? Because they fight and die for our freedoms. Now, we might not respect somebody who burns our flag, but you know what? This is the United States of America. The United States of America allows people to have faith. They can have faith in the wrong things, or they can have faith in Jesus Christ. My word, if you, if you don't believe in Jesus and and you don't believe in Jesus, and you haven't accepted him into your heart, it doesn't matter what you worship or how you worship, you're not getting to heaven. For Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. Our liberty comes from Jesus, and it's founded on the Bible. This 4th of July, be grateful for the liberty that comes from God. Let's pray. Always about this hour, they take their pilgrimage. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Don't ever worry about the pilgrimage. They'll be back. <laughs> Lord Jesus, we thank you and we praise you for our, our folks. I thank you, Lord, for our folks who are learning. I thank you for our folks who are hungry. I thank you for our folks, Lord, that um, are falling in love with you. Lord, help us to express our love for you. And help us to express that love to others by telling them about you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you and I praise you, Lord Jesus, for the liberty you've given to us. Help us to, make it, help us to see our liberty as something precious that you gave us. And help us to see why our liberty is important this morning. So Lord, I stand in you this morning. And I thank you, Jesus, that you found that our liberty was important. And I thank you, Lord, that it is through the Holy Spirit that we have our liberty. So, Lord, touch us, I pray. And I thank you for your anointing this morning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I think Tim and, and Jason are the only ones who will appreciate this, is that our anointing is not dependent on ourselves. There's sometimes we just shake our head and say, Lord, I really goofed. But thank you that you've anointed me to preach this gospel. Thank you that you anointed me to get up there and sing. Thank you, Lord, that you anointed me. Aren't you, are you not grateful for the grace of God? My word. Jason and I are the first to admit that we're not perfect. 
Now, Robin might think Jason is perfect, but Jason knows how he is. We're the first ones to say, and we go, oh. You know, the thing that I've been trying to get across to some of you is that God uses us in spite of ourselves if we just allow him to use us. There's some of us here who don't think they're good enough for God to use. And so we remain silent. But if you look at all the disciples, were any of them perfect? Weren't they all kind of messed up? My word. The worldly ones couldn't touch Jesus, but who betrayed him? One of his own, who decided they wanted to be a dog and go back into bondage. Because he went back into bondage, his life ended at his own hand. Let's look at our liberty. And, and then the first thing we're going to see, go ahead. The first thing we're going to see is we're supposed to stand fast. Galatians 5.1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Does it not say that? Why do we allow ourselves to get tangled up then? Jesus set us free. He's given us liberty. Because real freedom is found in Jesus Christ. The freedom the culture is pushing, the freedom that the, that the culture is pushing right now wants to put you back into bondage with a yoke around your neck. <coughs> you know what? You know what that describes? Slavery. That describes slavery. You know why it's so ridiculous that one party wants to give us socialism? Because socialism has done nothing but enslave people. They sell it like, oh, you're going to have this free and that free. We're going to pay off all your student loans. I wish somebody had. But you know, it won't be for us. And what about all the people who paid off their student loans already? Are they going to get a check in the mail because they did what was right? No. Who's going to pay for it all? Guess what? It won't be the rich folks, people. The rich folks know how to plant their money overseas. It'll be us middle class folks. If there will even be a middle class anymore. First thing that socialism does, it destroys the middle class. Now, isn't that something? Don't take your... And why would we... We threw off King George a long time ago. Why do we want to take on somebody who's going to oppress us? That don't make sense. But we have these freedoms because of Jesus Christ, because he taught us. And here Paul says, stand fast, therefore. Not in the liberty of the United States of America. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Now, isn't that something we should that freedom, we're no longer ruled by sin. 
know you. You've got a very interesting outfit on today. And it matches. That's why it's, I had to stop and smile. <laughs> it actually matches. I don't know how you did it, but you did it. I'm sorry, those who are listening at home, you'll have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> and that's okay. Jesus came. You don't understand. Sin was permanent. Death was permanent. The grave was permanent. The grave was so permanent. Job says, how can I praise you when I am gone? Once I am buried, I can no longer praise you. Read the book of Job. That's what he said. All these things were permanent. Then Jesus comes along and he preaches the gospel of eternal life. He preaches the gospel of repentance. He preaches a gospel of how you can be set free. He preaches a gospel how you are somebody in God. He preaches a gospel of grace. He preaches a gospel that holds us accountable. And he goes to the cross and he dies. Now think about this. Come on. I'll wait. I'll let you think about it. I'll wait. Think about it. Before Jesus died, everyone here was destined to go to hell. Now talk about bondage. Eternal punishment in a lake of fire. But Jesus came. I said, wait a second. You don't have to go there. Oh my word, the Jehovah Witnesses were just up in uh, Fargo this, their last day today, up at the Fargo Dome. They're having a love-in. Don't go there, folks. They're doing a big baptism today. Unfortunately, all those who are getting baptized in the Jehovah Witness are missing something. They're missing the fact that Jesus is the Son of God and he is God. They're missing the fact that Jesus died for them and paid the penalty for their sin. So they're getting washed in a baptism. And unfortunately, it might get them all wet on the outside, but it's not doing anything for their soul. That's a sad thing. Only Christianity has the answer. Only real Christianity that preaches the cross, that lifts up Jesus and tells you what he did. When, Je when you come to Jesus and you ask Jesus into your heart, the Holy Spirit washes your soul in the blood of Jesus. Washes your heart in the blood. And so all of a sudden, the inner person The real you is cleansed. And no longer do you have to be afraid of death. No longer do you have to be afraid of the grave. 
No longer are you bound by sin, but you have been set free. And then when you got water baptized, oh my word, it was telling the world that the Lord has washed you clean and you're letting the old you go down the drain. The old you is no more. The person who is bound in sin is no more. You have been born again and you're walking in a new life in Jesus Christ. Because you've been washed in the blood. And now you're showing the world by your water baptism, I belong to Jesus. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. And I want you to see here, this is more about liberty. So we're supposed to stand fast. And then we need to understand where our liberty comes from. Not just because of the cross, but it also becomes from the Spirit. Because it says, where the Spirit of the Lord is. Hmm? Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Oh, my word. All our worship... I'll wait. Finish. Our worship leaders, this is why they want you to be in the spirit. the Lord told me to. I got to take a detour. Don't you love detours, Jason? No. No. <laughs> Sometimes it's through the mud. If you're going to do something that somebody, you're going to point fingers at somebody else for something you are doing, put your finger away. you're going to point fingers at somebody else and you're going to judge them for something that they have done and then you turn around and do it yourself I'm sorry I didn't want to go there the Lord told me to do it put it away we cannot have unity if we're pointing fingers we cannot have unity when we judge one another we need to pray for each other. And we need to edify one another. We need to lift each other up. And if you have a problem with something that somebody else has done, you be an example and not do it. Is that simple? My word, if you don't want... Uh, anyway, I'm not going to go there. That's it. That was my detour. I'm getting back. Where the Spirit of the Lord is... You see, here's the thing. It's so easy to grieve the Holy Spirit. 
Not because he's wishy-washy, not because he's, he, he can't take it. It's a, we grieve him because we're not showing him respect. We're, we're not showing him reverence. The bishop challenged all the ministers to study why are we called reverends? Well, I think part of the answer to that is that we're supposed to reverence God. But the reverence for the Lord has been lost in his church. We do not fear the Lord like we should. Jesus says, don't fear those who can kill you, but fear him who can send your soul to hell. There was a bunch of people, Jesus said, he told in the Sermon on the Mount, came before him and said, Lord, I did this in your name. Lord, I did that in your name. And Jesus looks at them and says, I never knew you. Depart from me. You can't know Jesus unless you have reverence for him. You can't really get to know him if you don't fear his power over your life. Let's stop treating Jesus like he's such our big buddy that we forget he also wants us to serve him out of our love and because we know it's best to serve him because the alternative is no fun. Think about that. Now, where the Spirit of the Lord, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, behold, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, as being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Here is a great reason you want to have the Spirit of the Lord operating in your life. Not just because of the liberty, but because of the transformation. Um, after VBS is done, we're going to be starting a Bible study on Thursday uh, on the Holy Spirit. And it's going to be awesome. It's going to answer a lot of questions you might have about the Holy Spirit. Because it comes from that standpoint. And we're going to be studying that. Um, and we're going to be using Dr. Culpepper's book on it. Um, it's only going to take us maybe five, six weeks probably to get through it. And uh, it'll be the first time we run people through it. And then later on, we're going to be using it as normal curriculum in our church every so often. Because I'm believing the Lord is going to use this congregation. And we're going to see souls saved. And we're going to see this place full. I'm sorry, I've been pestering the Lord for souls. I've been trying to be a squeaky wheel and say, Lord, give me souls. The Lord spoke into my heart during camp meeting something. You have to have time alone in the Word and in prayer. And let me tell you something. We, start, we talked about it Wednesday night. Don't neglect praying in the Spirit. But can I say something about your devotional life? Our time and devotion is not about being informed. 
It's about being transformed. In or, another way I could put it, it's not being informed, it's being formed by him. Oh, I get in my Bible, I read it all the time, and I get all this information, and I, I'm sorry, your, 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 your devotional time is not to be used as your, to get ready for your class. Now, what you teach in your class might come out of your devotional life, because usually that's where we ministers usually get our messages, is out of our devotional life. But it should not be why you're having devotion. It is to be not just for your information so that you can give it. It's for your transformation so you can live it. You want freedom in your worship? Do we want freedom and worship in our church? Then let's invite the Holy Spirit in. Oh my word, we there's some of you I'm missing worship. My word. I've been concerned for some of you. I've been praying for you, and I haven't come and knocked on your knocking and go, hello. No, I've just been praying, let the Holy Spirit work on you. But I've been concerned for some of you. Some of you are not where you used to be in your walk in Jesus Christ. And for some of you, it scares me. I've been praying for you, but the Lord hasn't given me any leave to talk to you about it. And I've learned a long time ago to allow the Holy Spirit to do his work because he's so better than I am. He can do it so much better than I can because he can get right to the meat of it because he knows you better than I would ever know you. He knows you better than you know yourself. And he can get right down to the root of it. Invite the Holy Spirit in you want to have that true liberty and that walk with Jesus and you want to have freedom of worship in our church invite the Holy Spirit in I got the biggest kick out of it most of you almost everyone here missed it but a few some months ago Jason was leading worship here and it was so sweet and he's just leading worship and <laughs> He's just doing, he's just going up here doing the Jason thing. And all of a sudden he got to this side of the pulpit and he goes, oh, there you are. Big smile on his face and he went, right back into the worship of the Lord. It was like, it was just so cool. There you are. Are we looking for the Holy Ghost? Are we looking for him to move in our life? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And liberty is greater than just having freedom. Liberty goes beyond. Liberty gives you that peace. Let me tell you something. If you don't have peace, if you feel trapped, if you feel stuck, 
bring it to Jesus and give your life to him. He will change you. He wants to save you. My last point this morning is this. Our liberty is important to Jesus. Can we look at Luke 4, 18 and 19? It says, the Spirit of the Lord, Jesus, Jesus talking, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Let, i got to point something out here. If having the Spirit upon him was important to Jesus, shouldn't it be important to you? I said, if the Spirit of the Lord, if the Spirit of the Lord was important to Jesus, shouldn't he be important to you? Even Jesus needed the Holy Spirit. The Bible says after he was baptized by John, he was led by the Spirit the rest of his ministry, wherever he went. And he only spoke what the Father gave him to speak. Talk about dedication to listen. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus says, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Oh, folks, can we catch the Lord's fervor? Can we catch the Lord's fervor here? That same anointing has been given to the church That same anointing has been given to the church. Why aren't we using it? We don't have to wait for the angels to come singing. He already has anointed the church with this anointing. Why do we wait? We, 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 we want to act like the charismatics get all touchy-feeling inside before we do anything. No, that anointing's already been given to us. If we start acting in this anointing, guess what? We're going to feel great inside. And when the, the enemy comes to attack, we'll know we're doing something right. If the enemy's been leaving you alone, my word. You're doing something wrong. Oh, I forgot to pray for Jeremy. Lord, touch Jeremy, Lord. Heal him, Lord Jesus. And Lord, take away that fear. Lord spoke to my heart this morning. He has a fear because he knows he has to grow up. He's 20 years old. Pray for him. Take away that fear, Lord. Conquer it for him. Let him know he's not going to be in it alone, Lord Jesus, because you're going to go every step of the way. And there's people around here who love him that's not going to just give up on him. Can you imagine? Anyway. Just have a stop. What's wrong with that? Holy Spirit, bring somebody to nine that needs prayer. Not feeling good again. Been happening a lot. 
Lord, touch Corey and heal her. Shouldn't we stop and pray? He talked about it right here. Jesus commanded us to go and make disciples. In fact, he puts it this way in Mark, to preach the gospel to every creature. Now, he gives that command to all of us. And I want you to look at the list of the people that Christ desires to set free. And this should be our passion as well. He said, preach the gospel to the poor. Lord, just touch her. Just touch her, Lord. We got prayer going on right now. Just give us a second. It's not about my message, it's about Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Folks at home, if you came to church here, you would find that we will take time. Lord, we just rebuke that pain right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. See, you can't get that from at home. And you can't get that from watching TV. <laughs> There's no way right now, if you were hurting at home, that you'd have one, two, three, four people run to you and start praying for you. And holding you. Just doesn't happen that way. And, and I don't care how much you love your big screen TV, you just, it just can't hold, hug you back. This is why God says don't neglect the assembling of yourselves together. Because it's in assembling, it's not the building that's the church, it's the people that's the church. And God has given us an anointing to take into the world, and part of that anointing is healing. 
I'm going I'm to say something that sometimes we forget. We don't act on our faith. When you get a bunch of people who are righteous people coming to you and praying over you, they need to have faith to believe their prayers to, for your healing. And the person getting prayed for needs to stop listening to the devil saying, oh, you've had this for so long. Aren't you sick and tired of your issue of blood? Have faith to believe. That, that, that poor lady had an issue of blood. She could not go to church because she was not allowed back then in the Bible days. You weren't allowed to go to church for, if you have certain conditions. She couldn't go to church. She couldn't be around anybody because she had this issue of blood. She was considered unclean. That's why she crawled along the crowd to get to Jesus. And she had enough faith that when she just touched, I just believe, he don't need to pray for me. I'm a nobody. I don't need to stand up. I don't need to have a show. She crawled on the ground and she reached out and she grabbed a hold of the hem of the garment, his garment. You know where she grabbed him? She grabbed him in his wings. Now for those who understand the Bible, that is, there is, he rises up with healing in his wings. Where she grabbed that hem of the garment was actually the wings. The, the Jews would understand when, when it was written, the hem. They understood that's where she was grabbing it. And she was instantly healed because she had faith to believe if she could just touch him. And Jesus goes, who touched me? And the disciples are going, <clears throat> Jason and I are standing there going, What's he talking about? Look at this crowd. Right, right. Tim just bumped into him for heaven's sakes, and he's saying, who touched him? And he looks and he sees the woman there. He goes, you touched me. Stand up, daughter of Israel. Your faith has made you whole. She went from somebody who was considered dead to alive. And that same anointing is on the church if we would just have faith.